happy Monday, everyone. The uh, sun is shining in Great Britain today. I reckon the Lord above is watching the success of the Brits on Saturday. And he decided, you know what? You know what, Britain, mate? You can have the sun for the last three days of summer. How are you doing, mate? Good weekend? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, it was a wicked weekend in the UFC. Yeah, we've been starved of sunshine all of August, most of July. So it's nice that September's come around and the world's just like, yeah, we'll give you a bit of sun now. <laughs> now that you've all gone back to work. <laughs> but nah, it's, mate, what? That card was immense. For any British MMA fans, obviously the main event was a bit disappointing, but aside from that, that was an awesome, uh, just an awesome card, top to bottom. Uh, so many like impressive performances, and yeah, British MMA really uh, shone through, just like the sun today. I think it's always just brilliant when you get a lot of finishes as well. I'm all for what, having like what three round, five round wars, but nah, I would, I'd rather see. Uh... <laughs> Well, obviously, someone's knee get torn apart, eh, by a stomp, to be honest. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that was pretty, uh, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, uh, so, if we, yeah, all right, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go through it now, eh? We've enough, enough dilly-dallying. Let's get straight into it. So, hey, you know what? We'll start at the top. Yeah. Darren, Matt. Darren got bronson Yeah, the, the gorilla, he's, uh, so he's lost, Darren Till, he's lost, what, Four of his last five or five of his last six? Four of his last five. And I think he's only won like two in his last seven. I saw some on insane stat that was like from the lot when Till fought Woodley. Both of them since then have gone like a combined like one and seven or something. Something yeah. ridiculous like that. So I suppose give a bit of context. Uh, Derek Brunson basically controlled him. Took him down, took Darren Till down uh, multiple times within the, was it three rounds? Three, four three rounds? Three rounds, yeah. Three rounds, sorry, three rounds. Didn't take him down at will, but Till's takedown defense left a bit to be desired at points. Um, did well in some scrambles, but yeah, ultimately Brunson was able to get him to the ground. Till did look better in the stand up initially, but then as soon as Brunson got into the ground, you could see the golfing class between them. And yeah, Bronson just looked very physically strong. We said last week that we couldn't see him holding Till down, and that's exactly what he did. So yeah, we were wrong. That was yeah, no, it was. I'm 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 willing to uh, eat humble pie on that one because I couldn't see that happening. Till's usually straight back on his feet. Has not historically not been a very easy guy to like hold, uh, take down, hold down. We saw Tyron Woodley submit him, but it was after a knockdown. Um, so, yeah, I mean, massive credit to Derek Brunson. Great performance from him. He's on a bit of a turn now. I guess as Brits, we focus on the negative and like we're gutted about Till losing, but you do have to give Brunson a lot of credit because after that Adesanya fight, when he lost, uh, he's like on a five-fight win streak now, but when he lost to Adesanya, I couldn't really see a way back for Brunson. I genuinely thought he was done. It was just like, that was such a humiliating defeat. Uh but since then, he's regrouped and he just looks like a bit of a killer now. So, yeah, massive hats off to uh, Derek Bronson as well. Yeah, I think it's really important we give Bronson credit. I think before I go on to Till, Bronson, what, he basically, he kind of beat the shit out of Shabazian. And then Kevin Holland, again, like, 
a clear like 50 45 five round win and now two like three of like the biggest hype trains in the middleweight division Brunson has taken them all out in like very very decisive fashion if we're being totally honest none of them were even close really like, like there wasn't even a moment where I think what two kind of tagged him in like the third round before mm. he got mounted but then he got mounted yeah. straight away so and then as soon as I remember we, we looked well we watched it together and I remember we literally said you know when when Brunson got that first double leg you were kind of like eh, maybe this isn't looking too good because yeah like we said we were totally wrong but if Brunson got on top of him hard to see what Till's going to do um, but yeah I think fair play to Brunson what He's won his last five now. Ian Harnish and Elias Theodoru before that. And just his resume in itself, like lost to Izzy, lost to Jacare, beat Machida, lost to Anton Silva, lost to Whitaker, beat Uriah Hall, lost to Yael Romero, beat Chris Lieben. Like he's, his resume, he's had some absolute, literally the best of the best at middleweight. But yeah, for two, he definitely has a lot to work on. There's no doubt about that. Um, we've said it on here quite a few times. You can't really be one-dimensional anymore in the UFC. And I think without being too harsh, look, I love Till. I don't want to be disrespectful in any way, but he is quite one-dimensional. He's kind of just like a Muay Thai fighter. You know, his ground game is not really kind of non-existent. He hasn't really got great jiu-jitsu. Um, the only way he's really going to beat you is by striking. And I just think if you look at, if you want to be the best, you've got to have more weapons in your arsenal, really. Uh, I think I think Till could definitely do it he has potential but he has a lot to work on yeah I agree it was surprising just at moments where he was on his back or in half like sort of like half guard positions he didn't didn't even look to like hip escape or anything he just kind of froze and I don't know if that's just because Branson's like insanely strong has got crazy top pressure or if Till just froze a little bit in the moment because yeah from my perspective it, it looked like he could have been a, quite a bit more active off his back um, even just looking to like escape our positions but yeah I mean again you got to credit Brunson he did so well to control him and, and just hold him and basically just suck the life out of him another thing Brunson did really well was keep his takedowns in the middle uh, yeah. away from the fence because I guess a lot of the time people look to sort of crawl their way towards the fence and then work their way up the fence, get back to their feet, which Till did do a couple of times. But Brunson was really good at kind of turning Till and then basically taking him to the floor away from the fence. Uh, so, yeah, that was all, that was technically really uh, quality from Brunson. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, disappointing from Till's standpoint. I'm hearing a lot of people say, Maybe he should try and head back down to welterweight. Uh, physically, at the weigh-ins, even he didn't look. Like, he looked like he had, he was carrying a little bit of body fat. I don't know if that's harsh, but he looked a little bit more sort of chubby than ripped. I don't know if I'm looking too much into that. If that's always been the case, but no, I totally agree. Uh, but I think if you look at his physique from this fight to Whitaker and Gastelum, his last two fights, eighty-five. Yeah, he was looking thick as fuck. He's normally shredded and he was looking not even thick. Yeah. He's kind of just looking a bit chubby. Yeah. Like you say. So I don't know if it's like a, a, a eating issue or a lack of strength and conditioning. I'm not really sure. But yeah, 
I, I really like Till, but I don't want him to become just this guy who's like everyone sees as like the meme guy who's really funny on Insta and stuff. But then when it comes to actually fighting, kind of can't back up the talk, which at the moment, kind of how it's going. But uh, I mean, he uh, he has literally just been fighting killers. Like since Cerrone, he's literally just fought the best of the best. So, I mean, I feel like maybe he was rushed a little bit to even his original title shot. I don't think he was fully... I mean, he's he's got such mad self-belief and he talks so confidently, but I don't know if necessarily at the moment has the skill set to like back that up. But uh, he's an interesting guy. I really like him. He's really likable. Very sort of real um, just jokes guy on Instagram, as I just said. <laughs> hilarious online, but uh, at some point that kind of needs to turn into wins as well. I think that's a really important point is that he probably was rushed, to be honest. Like, he he was... Well, he's 28 now, so that was three years ago. So he was 25 when he fought Woodley for the welterweight strap. I do think it's just where this, this game is so much different to boxing. If he was in boxing, mate, he'd be like 20 and 0 now. He would just fought, he, he would have fought bums. But yeah, fought Cerrone and then beat Wonderboy in like a super close decision. But again, like, Wonderboy is kind of the perfect fight for him. In the same way, Whitaker, perfect fight. Absolutely no threat of the takedown. So he can just strike. And then, what, lost to Woodley, lost to Masvidal. And then Masvidal fought as well, like, nearly had him in the first round. And then, unfortunately, got clipped. Then Gastelum, same again. For some reason, Gastelum didn't really shoot too many times. So kind of just a really close striking battle. And then Whitaker, same. They lost to Al Brunson. So... I just think for him, like he's so young. He has a lot of. Uh, if you look at him in twenty, what twenty seventeen, to him now, totally different fighter. So hopefully, like, give him another three years. I definitely think he just go back to Brazil, though. I'll be honest, like, go back to Brazil, fucking bang out jujitsu for two years, and then come back. I do have to say, though, like, it was really surprising because, I mean, maybe he had like an injury or something because short. If you know you're fighting Derek Brunson, especially if you look at Derek Brunson's last four wins, the way he's gone about winning, surely like the sole focus of your camp should be wrestling, yeah. getting back to your feet, uh, because you know that that's going to be Brunson's like primary aims to get you to the floor. Uh, I mean, he's like, don't get me wrong, Brunson's got fairly dangerous hands, but he's nowhere near as technical a striker as Till. So you'd think like Till's main focus throughout camp was wrestling getting back to your feet getting put in those in those positions with similarly strong people and then getting out of those positions but yeah who who am I to say like I don't know I, it was just quite surprising the uh, inability to get back to the feet once he was down uh, to be fair I mean he got back to his feet I think once maybe I think um but yeah, I'm totally with you. But then again, you know, it's like everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face or in Till's case, everyone has a plan until fucking Derek Brunson smashes an elbow into your face and like swells yeah. up your entire eye. I saw Bisping was making a really good point in that because Till's a South, uh, orthodox striker. Or, is, he, is he orthodox? He's southpaw. Yeah, he's southpaw. Yeah, so his right, his right um, leg and arm first. 
where his right eye was swollen. So he's yeah. facing you like this, but you can't really see out of the eye he's facing you on. So he's using his eye that's further back to look. Yeah. So, and like, you know, coming from Bisping, who the fucking expert on fighting with like one eye. So that could have an effect on him. Also broke his collarbone as well, didn't he? Like a couple, two, four months ago or so. Yeah. And he made a pretty interesting point in like the post-fight. Something about his collarbone not being like 100% or him still being a bit of pain from it. So, yeah, look, I just hope till probably activity would help him as well. Like he hasn't really been that yeah. active. That's another great point. He hasn't fought in ages. He's been injured. He's been really unlucky with injuries. Uh, and yeah, he's fighting a guy who just whose styles didn't yeah. really match up that well with his. Pretty horrible um, match coming back, for him, yeah. Yeah, coming back from, especially coming back from an injury, that type of matchup is just a bit of a recipe for disaster, I suppose. But yeah, I still believe until like people can't write him off. He's, as you say, like so young. He's still got loads of time. I like how he uploaded a photo of uh, Charles Oliveira and Bisping, like two guys who just epitomize uh you know persistence hard work just the grind and yeah don't tills till will be back tills is solid man hard scouser i think maybe he he could he should stay at middleweight just uh i'd like to see him look a little bit better conditioned uh don't know if i'm looking too far into that but it certainly didn't look in as good condition as we've seen him in the past. Yeah. So I, obviously we, we had the conversation the other day, should Till maybe um, go back down to welterweight. I saw apparently California, if you fight in California, they release your weight on fight day. Right. And when, when Till fought Gastelum, he weighed 198 pounds on the day that he fought. So, I can't really see a move down to welterweight being there for him. I just can't see how he was like the biggest welterweight anyway. I think I think middleweight is fine for him. He just needs to just get better, really. I think I mean like, you know, easy for me to say that, but that's kind of the the truth of the matter. But mate, there's so many good fights for him as well. He's number seven now. Sean Strickland, Uriah Hall, Shabazian, Tavares, Holland. They're all sick fights. If you give him a favourable match, someone like Brad Tavares would be perfect. Someone who might test your wrestling as well. So it kind of gives him, instead of it just being a, you know, you give him Uriah Hall or Kevin Holland. I guess you want to be tested. You don't just want like a kickboxing fight. You want someone who's actually going to threaten the takedown. So then you can put into practice what you've been working on. On the, You're literally one of your biggest weaknesses is the ground. Fighting a kickbox is great, but you want to be tested. So I think someone like Brad Tavares, maybe even Chris Weidman when Weidman comes back. But then again, like Weidman just sit on top of him. Who knows? But yeah, heal up till, mate. We know you'll be back. Yeah, we back you all the way till. Yeah. Don't don't beat yourself up over this one, mate. I'm sure you're listening. He's still uh, our boy. <laughs> <laughs> but... We go from the disappointment of Till and Bronson to the co-main event or Tom Aspinall took on Sergei Spivak. Tom Aspinall is the truth. We bigged him up last week and my word, this guy just looks faultless at the moment. He's He hasn't gone past the second round in 
what is that his MMA career? Is that just his UFC career? I don't think he's in his MMA career. Just, yeah, his MMA career. He's just finished everyone. Guy's yep. a beast. So Absolute he got beast. He got DQ'd for a downward elbow. Um, and he got heel hooked. But there is only two losses, and they were both in Bama or BM BAMMA. But yeah, sorry, anyway, carry on, mate. Yeah, I'm just the way he put away Spivak. Uh, so Spivak's like notoriously pretty durable heavyweight who kind of wears down his opponents and then kind of damages them later on in the fight. And Asmanel said in post fight, he didn't really get out of first gear, like because he knew that Spivak was trying to just wear him out. But yeah, Aspinall, his footwork, his hand speed, uh, his feints, he just he's he is very similar to Cyril Garn in that respect. But his finishing instincts mad. Like he threw, I think they clinched up. Uh he threw a knee and then threw an elbow over the top of the knee, which Spivak didn't see coming. Completely rocked Spivak, cut his face open, and then uh, Spivak kind of retreated, went to ground, and Aspinall just finished him with disgusting ground and pound. Uh, but yeah, it was such an impressive performance. He looks... I really like Tom Aspinall. Uh, after watching his post-fight interviews as well, he's very like self-aware. Uh, he's clearly taken a lot of effort to prepare his mind as well as his body. Like He's a, just an all-round very, very solid martial artist. Uh, I remember you saying, you telling me that he 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 was looking forward to fighting in front of 20,000 people at the O2 because he wanted to see how he would react in front of that kind of audience. So he was a bit disappointed that it was uh, held at the apex, which is like such a cool thing to admit. It's like, I, I would need to see how I react in that environment because I'm worried, <laughs> essentially. For, to hear like a fighter admit that, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, no, he's, I could certainly see him contending for the belt. I like how he's also being very patient with his approach. He's like, if I'm 13, if I'm number 13, I want to fight number 12. I want to get as much experience in the octagon as possible because I don't think I'm ready for a title yet. Physically, I think I'm ready, but I just want the experience. And to hear him say that is like, it's the complete, uh, it's the complete opposite to Darren Till's trajectory. As we were just saying, he was kind of rushed to the title. Aspinall's probably seen that. Well, not just seen that, but he's just taken a way more measured approach to it. And he's just like, nah, I'm taking my time. I will only contend for a title when I'm absolutely confident that I'm ready to do so. And uh, for that reason, I feel like I've got way more confidence in him potentially becoming a champion than someone like Till. But yeah, mate, unbelievable, uh, unbelievably impressive performance. No, I totally agree with everything you said there. I think he definitely did see what happened to Till. Well, well, um, his dad is Till's coach, so makes sense that I think with Till as well, the stars kind of just aligned perfectly. Like Cowboy, a lightweight, a welterweight against Till, an enormous um, welterweight at the O2, packed out until knocks him out pretty brutally early on, and that led to him his uh, ascend. But anyway, yeah, Aspinall, mate. He's going to be the champ. I honestly believe he's got everything he needs to be the champ. He just needs the experience. He's so well-rounded. His striking is ridiculous. Moves like a yeah. middleweight at heavyweight. Offensively, Fucking... looks very sound as well. 
technically and defensively so sound. Was Tyson Fury's sparring partner, I think, for like for two years or for a year. And not just Tyson Fury, but Tommy Fury. And I think he was saying that there's like five Fury brothers and he's like training partners for all of them for a year, three times a week, sparring with them. So his technically his standing is ridiculous. His dad is like one of the oldest BJJ black belts in this country, like one of the most renowned. So he's been training jiu-jitsu for like 20 years almost since he was like eight years old. He's a BJJ black belt. And we saw that against Olovsky. Literally, beating the shit out of him, wobbles him, single leg, take his back, choke him out against Andre Olovsky, like the veteran, one of the most iconic heavyweights. Uh, I think the sky's the limit for him, man. But yeah, like you say, I think it's just so impressive how humble he is and how he just wants to just keep slowly pro- progressing, moving his way up the rankings. Yeah, you saw, you saw he's clearly just put in an insane amount of work. Like when he was told, there's a video of him being told that he won the 50K bonus for performance yeah. of the night and the guy just breaks down and it's like, you can see how much it means. And in his post-fight interview, he was like, I'm trying to buy a house. Like, I've got, like, two kids and a wife. Like, <laughs> I'm just a normal guy from Wigan and yeah, just doing something that's a bit mental here, but just living my dream at the same time. It's very cool. Like, he's, yeah, I, I back him all the way, and I would not be surprised at all if he became heavyweight champion within the next three to five years. Absolutely. What you were saying earlier about him um, wanting to fight in front of 40,000 people or in front of a big crowd to see how he'd react. He said in an interview, he was like, they was, they asked him what he thinks of Ngannou. And he just came out and said, yeah, he, I'm terrified of Ngannou. Like, to hear him say that, so many fighters just do the, you know, I'm not scared of anyone. Anyone and everyone can get it, bring it on. <laughs> He's like, yeah, no, fuck that. I'm not fighting Ngannou. Uh, it reminded me of when, um, remember when Till was like, well, I think it was after he beat Gastelum. He's calling out everyone. He's like, yeah, all you middleweights can get it. But apart from Romero, not more fine Romero. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. A dose of realness now and again. Yeah. Doesn't hurt. <laughs> but um, massive shout out to Tom Aspinall. What a performance. Sky's the limit, as you said. Uh, yeah, his ceiling knows no bounds. He's going to be big. If he can stay injury free and just stay on the course he's on now. Yeah. Massive things for him. I'd love to see him fight Marcin Tybura. Marcin Ty, yeah, that's that's a great, that's a solid matchup for him. I know he um, he said he'd like to fight Blagoy Ivanov, who's like s- such a tough heavyweight, has an insane chin. Um, is another guy who's like insanely durable. So yeah, that that'd be a great matchup. But as you said, Mar- Marcin Tybura as well. I just think he. Any matchup you put him in right now, he looks favourable because of how he's fought in each of his UFC fights and before and before even joining the UFC. Like it's just very dominant. Yeah. Um, we haven't really seen him put in like a very adverse position because he's just been so dominant, especially like in the early rounds. And we haven't seen him go the distance either. And he was saying that fighting someone like Ivanov, he might be able to take him into the later rounds, and he wants to. He wants to see how he reacts in those later rounds as well. Again, yeah. like just uh, like pushing his sort of self awareness and yeah, mate, he's he's quality, awesome, uh, Tom Aspinall. I think uh, yeah, just to finish up on, I'm reading here. 
So from the age of seven, he started training MMA, uh, including wrestling and boxing. He won the British Open in BJJ in every belt class, apart from black belt. And he's had one uh, professional boxing fight and he won by knockout. Uh, five and, oh, sorry, five and two MMA as well. One boxing fight, knockout. So, yeah, in terms of like just a true martial artist, he really is. He's clearly just exactly that. He can literally do everything. I think we saw it again as well, like knocking out Ivanovic, Spivak, that was it. Knocking out Spivak from the clinch as well. Shows that he's clearly got a pretty fucking good clinch game too. Yeah. No, that, that elbow was just nasty, mate. It, Spivak, it was one clean elbow, but Spivak's face was so cut up. Uh, yeah. Aspinel's a beast. Awesome performance from him. But yeah, uh, we can we can sit here and fucking ride Tom Aspinel's junk all day, but there were some other fights. Uh, <laughs> Paddy the fucking baddie, mate. Paddy the baddie. Jeez. If there's if there's one person that everyone's talking about after this card, he's the standout. Like he he drew the most eyes. His performance was just <laughs> exhilarating. Is the word I'd use. <laughs> yeah, uh, mate. He, as Bisping said in the post fight, he did nearly get knocked out. His chin was way up there, and the commentary team kept pointing that out. But my God, that guy can fight. Like he is, he is like a born fighter because he just ate those shots, kept coming forward, threw some insane volume. Like he was just throwing. Uh, and then in the end, uh, was it Veramini, his opponent? Yeah, Luigi Veramini or something. Luigi Veramini, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Pimblet just melted him. Yeah, like absolutely melted him. Uh, landed like a right hook on the break, and then threw like a flying knee, and then just swarmed him with loads of hooks. And yeah, it was just one of the most like, <laughs> what's the word? Satisfying sort of. Yeah, <laughs> it was quite a satisfying finish because it just like it was building through the last minute like the pressure was building and then he just swarmed him must have I mean must have thrown like a 20 plus punch combination which is bam 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 it's just crazy an unbelievable finish and then obviously after the finish just like running around like a nutter being a typical mouthy scout <laughs> who can fucking strike mate who can strike <laughs> he kept saying that because like everyone was giving him shit about not being able to strike uh but yeah, he proved he can strike. Mate, he's literally the fifth beater as well. Like, I, at least I like the fact that he stand out from the crowd. That fucking yeah. pretty shit, horrible haircut, if we're being honest. But like, he rocks it, Matt, and he owns it. So, uh, yeah, I just think he's entertaining. Like, he's literally just so entertaining. Like, I don't even, if I'm honest, yeah, he needs to shore up quite a few things in this game, but. Mate, he's entertaining as fuck. So at the end of the day, I love watching yeah, him fight. Can't wait for the next that's, one. That but is yeah. literally that's the key point, isn't it? With with Paddy, yeah, his star power is limitless because he is so unique. Like, he literally looks like a created character. Uh, <laughs> he's so brash. He's so confident. 
I can see why loads of people are drawing similarities between him and Conor McGregor because he's like, he's probably the, the most marketable fighter I've seen since Conor McGregor. I'm not being funny. Even really? beside like, yeah, honestly, even beside like Sean O'Malley, Israel Adesanya, like Paddy could blow up, I feel, if he keeps winning because he's just so unique. Like, he's very unique. Like he looks like fucking Jay from the Inbetweeners. He does look like Jay uh, <laughs> And as you said, the Beatles as well, <laughs> the connection there. Like, there's going to be fucking Paddy Mania if he keeps UFC, going the way he's going. UFC completed it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just don't think he's going to say good enough, but I don't mean good enough. I just think he's he's not. Mate, there are creases. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, the fact that and... he got so close to getting knocked out like a minute in, it was nearly mm. like such a peak debut. But having mm. said that, like, I do totally agree with you. He's a star. Like, he used to. He used to sell out like the Echo Arena in Liverpool, like whenever he fought, like 20, 25,000 people. It's the only reason they're there is to see him as well, on like Cage Warriors and shit. So he's clearly used not only carrying the torch for Liverpool and Britain MMA. Well, Scouts not English, so Liverpool, I guess. But but yeah, I just think he's kind of used to like the star power as well. You can see like the way he was talking to everyone backstage, the way he was doing his interviews, the way he was conducting himself. He's very Mate. much. Turned down the UFC twice before as well. So yeah. he now knows, like, yeah, 100% here and ready and ready to take over. But yeah, he definitely, 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 definitely needs to show up his game because lightweight as well of all divisions. Yeah. You know, it's like the biggest shark tank there is. If you can't be rushing in on someone like, I don't know, like Rafael Fazir, you can't be rushing in like that with your chin up against someone like, yeah. Of, of his sort of striking prowess because you will get knocked the fuck out. But he was saying that in his post fight. He knew his chin was up, but he just loves a scrap and he loves getting drawn into a brawl. But that's an, that is a problem. Like That's what that you love be to your, see. You love to see it. It's yeah, extremely you know? entertaining, but it, yeah. it can go like extremely badly. And he said, Scousers, we don't get knocked out. And I was thinking, it's a bit... Tip, look, I mean, Darren Till like headlining. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Matt. Uh, all right, all right. You, you, if you keep up with that attitude, though, mate, you probably will get knocked out. So just like keep your hands up and your chin down. But the hands up argument again, like the reason he landed a lot of those shots is because he was thrown from like a hands down position from his hip. Yeah. So it's just, the, the punches are just coming in from really weird angles. So it's a bit of a double edged sword. But uh, yeah, as you said, he really needs to shore up that striking defense because Vendramini. Actually, looked quality for first like four minutes of that fight. Um, got himself a takedown, was landing that left hook fairly frequently, yeah. Um, landing a lot of leg kicks, but nah, it, regardless, uh, it as I said, if Paddy can string some wins together, he's gonna be big, yeah. 26 as well, like he's very, very young, he's got a lot of time to uh, improve his game. And also, I just think he actually looked—he looked in fucking good shape as well. He was absolutely shredded, um, yeah, like a proper lightweight build. So yeah, I can't wait to see him fight next. And it, again, like mate, anyone from Britain carrying the flag you can just imagine. Can you imagine when they finally come back to London and do an event? You could look if, if all the stars align. You got like, you know, either Darren Till or Leon, or maybe even Pimblet headlining. And then yeah. like Leon Till on the card, McCann, Shaw, Aspinall, mm. um, mate, so many more. Oh, I'm forgetting. The Did you say Leon Edwards? Sorry. Yeah, Leon. Uh, yeah, Leon. Yeah. 
flipping. Yeah, mate. The the UK MMA scene is just going to grow and grow and grow. It's, it's already pretty big, but yeah, it's only going to grow. It's 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 pretty exciting, eh? Yeah, um, it really is. But yeah, it's a great point you made though, um, with regards to Pimblet. Like none of this is new to him. He's created his own hype already. Uh, I I watched a Chael Sonnen video. It kind of frustrated me this week. He was talking about Paddy Pimblet. And he was saying, like, there's no way Pimblet turned down the UFC two times before this. There's no way. No one turns down the UFC just to then fight on their local regional scene in, in, in a bar in front of 100 people. And I was thinking, Chael, man, you need to do your research. Like, yeah, he was Adesanya fighting on did. Cage Warriors. He was fighting on Cage Warriors in front of thousands of people in, like, his local arena. Like, Pimblet is so used to this stuff. Like, it's not going to phase him whatsoever. Yeah, no, I just meant as well, fair people have turned down the UFC. Adesanya turned down the UFC because he was like, no, I'm not ready. Then came back. Maybe not twice. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, 100%. Pimblet, like, people in Liverpool love him as well. Like, he's known by everyone. Yeah. Uh, his star power is just going to grow and grow. But yeah, keep keep your chin down though, Paddy, mate. I would hate to see you get brutally knocked out. That would not be fun. But yeah, extremely entertaining either way. Something that wasn't as entertaining, but equally as brutal, if not even more brutal, was uh, Khalil Roundtree's stomp to the knee of uh, Modestas Bukowskis. Uh, I've never seen a, a fight stopped uh, via a bleak kick to the leg. It was quite hard to watch, but uh, your thoughts on that, mate? <laughs> I mean, we watched it like seven times, say, so. <laughs> I've been that quite enjoyed watching it, to be honest, mate. <laughs> nah, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty brutal, to be honest. I, uh, there's not really much else to uh, to say. There's, I think the whole, really... there's, there's the whole argument of like people saying, should the oblique kick be ruled out? And I'm just thinking, nah, of course not. Like, does that mean you just outlaw leg locks as well on the ground? Like... It's, it's a brutal sport. If you're allowed to like elbow someone's face into oblivion, you should be allowed to oblique kick them to their leg. It's, I don't think it's that deep, to be honest. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, what, what would you rather have, CTE or to never walk again? Or, sorry, brain damage or to never walk again? Absolutely, mate. It, so, I mean, you know, it's like, well, they're both fucking awful, so... <laughs> so that solves that? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I don't, yeah, yeah, I really don't think they should be illegal. I think, mate, they've been around for ages as well. Like, Fucking Darren Whitaker did it. No, sorry. Darren Till did it to Wonderboy when they fought and Wonderboy snapped his ACL. And then Whitaker did it to Till when they fought and Till did his ACL. And I remember so clearly in this post-fight interview, he made a joke saying that they should be illegal. Now that I've had it done to me, they should be illegal. And he was like, no, nah, I'm only joking. Like, if you can do it, you can do it. They're fine. But yeah, like, like you say, it's like, it's, it's a brutal sport. I can understand why people think that there may be a bit of a uh, not not disrespectful, but I can't remember what the fucking word is. Um, like nasty, bit of a, like a cheap shot, but nah, nah, I don't think so, mate. To learn how to train, legit me. technique. Yeah, it's a legitimate technique. If you're like in a self defense situation in a street fight, and you do that to someone, you're gonna you're gonna destroy them. <laughs> it's like it's a legit technique. You can't. If anything, you just need to learn how to defend against it and not get caught with it. That's it, really. I think the uh, the context of the fight as well was pretty important. Like, Roundtree kind of had to win that fight. I think he lost his last 
three or his last two. Uh, so, and you know what? Like, say what you want, but it was pretty fucking sick watching, to be honest. Like, I it was brutal, but I don't know. The desensitized part of me was just like, that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, eh? <laughs> Yeah. And Khalil, Khalil Roundtree was fighting like an absolute Terminator as well. Like he looked very good. He'd broken uh, Modestas's nose already. It looked like, and yeah, it was. I, I feel for people like Modestas because I mean he's well, he's on like a three fight losing streak now, and I've seen him get like brutally finished a couple of times. So yeah, hope he heals up because that was tough. That was tough to watch. You heard him like scream. Uh, yeah. He had his legs yeah, it was all, as well. Yeah, yeah. It was like all respect in the post-fight. But yeah, that was just very, very brutal. <laughs> very brutal. Yeah. Uh, there was another fight on the main card between Alex Morono and David Zawada. It's a bit of a scrap, actually. Uh, Alex Morono taking the decision. Was it unanimous or split? I think it was unanimous. It was it unanimous? Yeah, that was a bit of a scrap. They just back and forth. Morono landed like a crazy spinning back fist. One of the cleanest spinning back fists I've ever seen. And Zawada's big German block head just ate it. It was mad to see. Uh, so, yeah, well on to Alex Morono. And uh, the standout fight of the night uh, in the prelims, Molly McCann, the meatball, hadn't won a fight in 18 months. She beat the Korean Ji Young Kim in a three-round war, is what we could describe it as. Uh, she went full Stockton Diaz mode in the last round, though, like pointing at the ground, standing yeah. bang in the middle, giving it the fingers, just swinging, mate. Um, and that's what ultimately won the fight for her in the end. She just, just the momentum just swung for her in that last round. And yeah, mad respect to her. She kind of set the tone for uh, for Paddy to come on and steal the show. They're teammates. So yeah, it was so cool. That was really cool to see. But yeah, Molly McCann, what a beast. Great performance. It made it so nice for her as well. Because I remember there was a time when she was thinking about retiring. Uh, I think her I, I stepdad died when she was a lot younger as well. Been through quite a lot of adversity in her life. Uh, but yeah, mate, so happy for her. And yeah, just so lovely just seeing like the two Liverpudlians just supporting each other all the way. I saw like McCann just... <laughs> This being like, yeah, Molly, that was an amazing fight. How, how are you feeling? Oh, I'm buzzing, lads. I just want a bevy. First thing comes to her mind. Buzzing, yeah. lads. I just want a bevy. Just want a bevy, lad. So, uh, you can take a scouse out of Liverpool, mate, but you can't take the Liverpool out of a scouse, eh? Yeah, you really uh, did well with that saying. Yeah, I'm not then. sure if that made sense, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then lastly... Jack Shaw, the last, uh, the last Brit on the card, the Welsh wizard Matt Jack Shaw, uh, UD thirty twenty seven on all judges scorecards. Now fifteen and zero in his professional MMA career, four and zero in the UFC. Just peaked there; they've all been decisions, so he's kind of going a bit more under the radar. But again, him, the ceiling is so high for him. He really. Ever since Brett Johns went to the uh, went to Bellator, sorry, Jack Shaw's really been flying the flag for for Welsh MMA. Um, so yeah, big up him because he looks like a serious problem again. Very young, bantamweight, four 0 in the UFC. You know, I 
quite like to see him fight. Just a bigger name, what, really. Yeah, he wanted. He was calling for in his post fight. He wants someone ranked. Uh, yeah. He thinks he's ready for that sort of level. I wouldn't be surprised. He's looked pretty dominant throughout his UFC career. So, yeah, as you say, fifteen and zero. Uh, thirty five as well. Like there are just so many good fights. You know. Yeah. Even, mate, even someone that isn't ranked, like someone like Song Yudong, Cody Stamen, Song Yudong coming off that loss to Casey Kenny, that'd be a good fight for him to take. Um, but there's so many. Bantamweight, just ridiculous at the moment. So Yeah, 100%. And then you had Julian Arosa, who's been a little bit up and down his last few fights, but he finished Charles Jordan with a, a DAS. Beautiful finish. Uh, so big up, Julian Arosa. Yeah. And then you had Marc-Andre Barrio, French fella, got a decision over Doucher, Lung, fucking out, Lungi Ambula. <laughs> so yeah, well done, Marc-Andre, mate. Yeah. All of a card, though. Brilliant card. I just saw here as well, like, see, um, you know, see Paddy the Baddy, his Instagram got, um, got mm. like, blocked or something. He couldn't access it. Yeah. And then he called, called them out back after called them a bunch of lizards, right? Yeah. <laughs> so before his fight, like before his walkout, he had 98,000 followers. Guess how many he has now? This is funny you mentioned this. I actually looked last night because I was intrigued to see yeah. how much it had increased. And when I looked last night, it was like 330, 320 or something. It was fucking mad. So in like this guy took a screenshot yeah. of his Instagram followers during his walkout. Yeah. And then during his interview after the fight, in the walkout, it was 98K. And literally 10 minutes later after the fight, it was 177K. Mm. And then now, it's um whatever you said, like 300 something. Yeah. Now, his growth is going to be mad. If he, as, as we said before, if he can keep winning, sky's the limit for Paddy the Baddy, mate. Sky is the limit. Yeah, got quite a lot of news to get through this week. So UFC 268, shaping up to be probably the card of the year. I think we, we briefly mentioned it last week. I think since we last mentioned it, they have uh, 100% confirmed it. So Shane Burgos fighting Billy Quarantillo. I think headlining the prelims. That is a nasty scrap. I'm not quite sure how I feel about Burgos returning so soon after that delayed knockout against Barbosa because that was pretty scary. And that was only in like June. So what, June to November, like five months out. But hell of a scrap that is. Yeah, Quarantillo can bang as well. He's Quarantillo's looks sick. Like he's he looks very really legit on his feet and on the ground. He looks like a very complete mixed martial artist. So yeah, but that's that's a great that's another great matchup. Pretty evenly matched, to be fair. Yeah, no, they really are. Uh, that card is just looking so good. Like, I can't literally every prelim as well. Like Strickland v Rockhold, obviously Vera v Edgar. We spoke about yesterday, or well, not yesterday, last week. And then, uh, yeah, the whole main card of two sixty eight. Every single fight could be a main event on their own card. Like. It's so stacked. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so stacked. It's ridiculous. Honestly, man. Yeah. So then, yeah, other fight announcements. Got uh, Chaser fighting Sean Brady uh, like of one of the fight nights, which is a great fight. I've got so much respect for Chaser going in there with Sean Brady. 
after losing to Luke, I guess now for him, you just like that. Just take as many fights as you can. Go build yourself all the way back up now. But Sean Brady is such a. There's just like really nothing for Chaser to gain there. Where there's everything for Sean Brady to gain if he wins. So yeah, I've got mad mad props to uh, for Chaser for taking that. Yeah, one hundred percent, mate. One hundred percent. Next weekend, you've got Anthony Smith taking on Ryan Spann. Uh, it's quite interesting. Fucking hell, man. I forgot about that. That's uh, a great uh, Is it next weekend? No, it's in two weeks. Oh, so we got, we've literally got no fights this weekend. Got a weekend off to oh. recover. Yeah, what the hell are we supposed to do this weekend? Weekend's activities. <laughs> yeah, I don't what know. I, I don't know. Do? <laughs> Prepare for uni, I suppose. <laughs> nah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's quite disappointing, that is, mate. But I oh, will. Yeah. Have you seen have you seen the card as well? Well, I've looked, I've just looked now on yeah. like Google and it just says Smith Span is the only fight on the main card for me. That's yeah, no, I can see three prelims and then Smith v Span. So it says that there's, <laughs> there's meant, four. meant to be Oh, to be fair, there's four no, fights. Um Ion Kulaba is fighting Devin Clark and Jim Miller's fighting Nicholas Motter as well. So there's a couple of them, but yeah, it's a pretty weak card, but I guess the week after is 268, so I can understand. Got the return of Nick Diaz, Volkri Ortega, what, uh, Rosenstrike Free Blades as well. So, yeah, I, I know I know what they're trying to do, mate. Uh, I understand. Not, not, not enough fights to go around, unfortunately. Nah, not really, mate. Yeah, I think is there any other news? That's one of the other things I want to talk about. Alex Pereira on his way to the UFC. The uh, the only guy to knock out Israel Adesanya. What do you make of that, mate? What do you think he's? How do you think he's going to do in his uh, transition to MMA? Okay, so the only thing I'd say is that I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, he's the next guy to beat Israel, or whatever," or knock him out. Uh, Alex Pereira, he's thirty-four now, so he could well be in his athletic prime. I don't know how hard he's been working on his MMA. But yeah, he beat Izzy. He beat Izzy in like what year? I mean, it, was, it was quite a long time ago. I think like, it was 2014, 2013. It was, oh, to be fair, it was 2016. So not actually that long ago. Uh, yeah, really? so like five years ago. Yeah. Was yeah. that his last fight before he went to the UFC then? Did he win one before, after that? Uh, wait, it says it says UD. It wasn't a unanimous decision. It was a knockout, no? I think you beat him twice. It says Israel Adesanya, Glory of Heroes, China. Oh, did he beat him twice? Wow. Okay. Yeah, he knocked him out and then he won the decision. I think he won the decision first and then he knocked him out. Okay, so essentially he's he's obviously just an absolute animal in terms of kickboxing. Yeah. Uh, supposedly he's got scary power, like freakishly scary power. So... I can imagine that's going to translate pretty well into MMA with the small gloves. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the only thing I would say is that Adesanya would have learned a hell of a lot from that. It would be a totally f- different fighter now, now than to what he was when he was defeated by Alex Pereira. Uh, I've, I've heard Izzy talk a lot about that fight. Basically, he said 
I think he had some personal family issues going on and he just said he was way too emotional in that fight. Um, kept like overextending and just was doing a lot of things that were uncharacteristically easy. Not to take anything away from Alex Pereira, but yeah, it, it is interesting that the last dude to knock him out is now in the UFC and I'm thoroughly intrigued to see how he goes. Yeah, likewise. I uh, I don't really think he'll do like amazingly well. Uh, he's kind of transitioning quite late, and I have no idea how much wrestling or grappling or BJJ training he's done. But he's a big name, that's for sure. I'd be really, I really want to see him fight. I'd love to see it, uh, especially you know against guys like Sean Strickland or guys who's just going to bang. But yeah, so two more pieces of news before we finish up. I just wanted to uh, wanted to share this with everyone. So everyone knows of uh, the troll that is Dylan Dennis. And uh, everyone knows that Sean Strickland is a bit, a bit of a fucking psychopath. So there were some DMs between the two of them that were leaked. And uh, I'm just going to read them out. So Sean Strickland sent Dylan Dennis or something and it got deleted or something and uh, Dylan Dennis said little boy couldn't take the heat deleted his post never come out the king right this was Sean Strickland's response Sean Strickland is for a bit of context he's a current UFC uh, middleweight he's going to be fighting Luke Rockhold on that UFC 268 card a lot of casuals probably don't know him but yeah he's he's a pretty legit middle UFC middleweight yeah, before his last fight, he said he wants to kill someone in the octagon. So that's also some context that might be important before I read this. Never not case. Right. So I don't know if you're joking or not. Like, I'd kill you. Not metaphorically speaking. Clearly, I don't want to go to prison. But if, it, if me and you met up and I had one free pass, I'd take your soul. I'd show you your own blood before I turned your mind off for good. It would bring me great joy to take your life with my bare hands. Again, I'd never do it or threaten you. But you do understand that to me, you're just a baby lamb put on this earth to be eaten. You understand this, right? You're prey. <laughs> Again, this isn't a threat. <laughs> Clearly, I'd never do this. Is I'm just making a point that you're like a baby lamb to me. The fact you're not my food is a testimony to civilization that is that it has been created in such a way where you're able to walk this earth as a lamb pretending to be a wolf with impunity. Dot, 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 odd thought, dot. I just love that, again, this isn't a threat. <laughs> this isn't a threat. I'm going to drink your blood, <laughs> scalp you alive. Well, okay, Sean, <laughs> got your message, mate. mate. Again, it'll be, yeah, he's so much bigger than Dylan Dennis, though, like in, in real life. like He probably would destroy Dylan Dennis, but well, Dylan Dennis is just a troll. Like He hasn't fought in years. He's riding a momentum wave of like winning two fights in Bellator. One of them very nearly got beat anyway. Like Mate, he's riding such a Connor's, troll. He's riding Connor's dick. It's not even a momentum wave. It's just the fact that he's associated with Connor McGregor. Like if you're, you, mate, if he wasn't, if he didn't train with Connor, no one would know who he is. Like they wouldn't. Literally, would they? That, no one would have a clue. Nah. It. He's got amazing BJJ in Veniston, but. Yeah, yeah, um, this is such a troll. Like, he's yeah. called, called out like John Wayne Parr, uh, Muay Thai legend. Like, what are you doing? 
What are you doing, mate? He's chatted shit to Bisping and like DC so many times as well. Just like, mate. He's chatted shit to everyone. Yeah. Uh, everyone. But anyway, right. To end it off, we're ending it with uh, one of the fights of the year. I'll let you I'll let you take the reins because I know it's one that's quite close to your heart. Rafael Fiziev taking on Brad Riddell. Yeah, that was announced. Uh, Rafael Fiziev, Brad Riddell. That is such an immense matchup, but a bit of a strange one because I know they're, I'm pretty sure they're friends and they both, I think at, at one point in both of their careers, they were head coaches, head kickboxing coaches at uh, Tiger Muay Thai in Phuket, which is like one of the best Muay Thai gyms in the world. Uh, they both just got seriously technical striking. I can't call it. Joe, you reckon Fazir will pip it. But I just think that is such a banger of a matchup and I cannot wait. Uh, if you enjoy like technical, like Muay Thai, stand-up striking skills, head movement, counter-striking footwork, they both have it in abundance. And yeah, that is just that is such a sick matchup. I don't think either man will be physically more imposing than the other either. I think they're both fairly similar in size and stature. So, yeah, that's that is just a wicked matchup. Any purists, Fiziev Riddell is going to be a scrap. Trust me. Yeah, they, such good matchmaking. Uh, it's interesting you say that because literally the only reason I would pick Fiziev is because I think he's a bit bigger. Um, technically, maybe with a slightly larger reach. But having said that, I think Drew Dober was bigger than Riddell in Riddell's last fight and didn't didn't really matter to Riddell. Riddell's a little scrapper, mate. He's he's a beast. Like he's got heart. He's got like Paddy Pimblett's heart, but far better striking and awareness of defense and head movement and stuff. But yeah, that as I've just said like five times, that is such a good matchup. <laughs> That is such a good matchup. They are such good strikers, both of them. Yeah. Uh, neither of them are going to go for takedowns, I don't think. But yeah, can't wait for that. Nah, no takedowns, mate. No takedowns at all. Um, I guess yeah. uh, we could just end it by saying massive shouts to all the Brits. Win and lose. I know two lost, but nah, massive shout out. That was a wicked card. Uh, could have a future star in Paddy the Pimblet. Yeah, Paddy the Baddy. Paddy the Baddy Pimblet, me. So, yeah, big respect to everyone. Tomas Pinot, probably UFC future heavyweight champ as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, perfect, mate. Couldn't put it better myself. Well on to everyone. Uh, try and find something to occupy your time with on Saturday night between 1 a.m. and 6 a.m. when there's no fights on. And yeah, have a good week, everyone. Enjoy the sunshine before it goes. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Yeah, see you in the next one.